0: Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom right here on the Lions of Liberty Podcast Network. And, you know, for those who've been listening for a long time, you're probably already subscribed to this show wherever you're listening Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is, I don't care. But if you just found this show recently, um, I would, if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you enjoy what Brian and I are doing on our uh, this show on Monday, Brian's show on Wednesday, and then our meme wars show on friday please subscribe so you get every single episode delivered to your little listening device in your pocket also known as a phone um so the only other thing i want to say before we get into my interview with today's guest got an awesome guest to introduce and uh, we're gonna have a great conversation just want to remind people that you can also get more content from us we have some bonus content bonus shows and you can also watch live. You can watch this interview live, not this one, because you're not in the pride yet. But once you join the pride by going to patreon.com/slash of liberty or lions of liberty.locals.com, you can watch along with these interviews and comment, ask questions, and maybe I will ask one. But without further delay, let's get into today's show with my guest, Gavin Sario. Gavin is a serial entrepreneur. He's the author of the upcoming book. The Prosperity Blueprint. He's the C- CEO of ARC Crypto, or is it AR Crypto? I don't know. I will ask. Mm-hmm. A crypto education platform where thousands of students are learning how to generate passive income through the blockchain. Uh, Kaven's journey is really interesting. He's overcome a lot of obstacles in this path to becoming a leader in the DeFi space. He's faced uh, cancer. He's faced health battles. He's faced personal um, troubles with a with a divorce and uh he has a really powerful story where he's started with a pretty small amount of income and really multiplied it into a uh, a much larger amount which we'll talk through that as we get into it. Given, welcome to Finding Freedom. Thank you, John. How you doing? Doing well, man. And uh before I go any further in your intro, um you're the CEO of the crypto education platform. How do you say it? I, I know I butchered that. It's arc, arc Crypto, Arc Crypto. Okay, Arc Crypto. I was right, right the first time. You're should, right. That's why you should always go with your gut with things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off, you know, a lot of my audience is just getting to hear from you for the first time. I gave a you know intro at the top there, but tell my audience a little bit more about yourself, what you're passionate about, um, you know and ultimately what, uh, what brought you into the crypto space?
1: Yeah. You know, I, uh, this, your podcast is super relevant and something that definitely strikes home to me because one of the things that I am all about is, um, freedom of many different aspects. Um, you know, time, freedom, location, freedom, and then also like financial freedom and financial freedom uh, to me is not just, oh, I have enough money to survive for X amount of years or until the day that I die, but it is actually custodying your own money. And these are some of the aspects that we really teach um, at ARC um, so that people can basically, you know, ditch their government if they want to and travel to wherever they want to, wherever they're going to be, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the nomad capitalist, but he has a saying that I really enjoy, which is go to where you're treated best. And mm-hmm. that's something that I've actually been doing over the last four years. Um, you know, I've traveled all over the world. Um, you know, currently right now I'm in Panama city, but, uh, my wife and I, and my, and my young daughter, we're going to be traveling, uh, all throughout South America, the southern part of South America, um, to see if there's maybe some other places that we see that may even suit us a little bit better than even here in Panama. Uh, even though Panama is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty cool. We're just, uh, we just need to get away from the endless summer, we want to fall and we want a winter. So <laughs> that's what we're all about.
0: Yeah. The, the weather's too nice. You can only take so much nice weather. You need to, your, your body
1: needs a little bit of a reset with the, uh, with the seasons, I think. 100%. And I, I'm a snowboarder as well. I've been snowboarding, <sighs> geez, probably almost 30 years. Um, and so I got to, I got to, hit the slopes. And, uh, and I just love this side of the world. It's, there's a lot of up and coming things. It's still not mm-hmm. as developed, uh, probably as I'd like to to see it, but there are some really, really cool countries that are up and coming in terms of development that we're going to be looking at. And that I think may, may take off a lot of the boxes that, uh, in terms of where we want to live. So awesome. Yeah. So let, let's
0: dig a little deeper into your personal story. Um, and you know, a lot, a lot of the things that I talk about on this show, you know, you heard in the intro overcoming obstacles, really defying freedom and, you know, a health obstacle cancer. That's, I mean, that's one of the biggest ones. So if if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more about that part of your life and, uh, how you got through that.
1: Yeah. So it's been now a little over five years since, um, since the cancer has been out of my body and, um, you know, there was a lot, basically what ended up happening was I went through, I, I, my life was very, very stressful before I was in stressful relationships. I was in a very stressful job. I was actually in the law. Um, I, I managed a law firm for about 18 years. Uh, really? and was, yeah, you just constantly fighting, you're constantly fighting with <laughs> in the law and it's, it's not a, a very fun uh, business. You know, it, it, it can be gratifying when you win, but getting up to that is very stressful. You're fighting with your clients, you're fighting with your partners, you're fighting with the defense attorneys, you're fighting with judges, you're, and it's just uh, a, a real, real pain in the butt. But I ended up having stomach issues uh, for about two years, and you know, I was a pretty healthy athlete actually, I was a very, very uh, good cyclist and and triathlete. And before that, and uh, you would never thought that I was the one that was going to get cancer, but I had an upset Hmm. stomach for about two years. And I just kind of wrote it off up until I I ended up uh, filing for divorce um, with my obviously ex wife now. And um, I went to the doctor about three or four weeks after this. And he put me in for a colonoscopy and, you know, he pulled me out within 10 minutes. And I just noticed, cause like the time was like, I'm like, did I fast forward in time or something? Cause he put me under <laughs> and then just brought me out almost instantly. Huh. And, you know, he comes up to me and he goes, um, you know, we found something and I'm mm-hmm. going like, what, like cancer. And he goes, yes. And it wasn't even like, wow, oh man, you know, like, oh, listen, don't, let's not freak out. I'm going to send it into a lab or whatever. And, uh, and so wow. it was a yes. And, and so I ended up, you know, going through, um, the, with the surgery. And despite the fact that there was a lot of doctors that were like, you have to do chemo, you have to do chemo. I was like, no way I'm not doing chemo. Cause I did, there was a lot of research that I had done on chemo. And I was like, that's, you know, almost a, a death sentence for me, at least it would have been because I just didn't want to put my immune system through that. Now I'm not saying that people shouldn't go through that. I'm not a doctor, but I just knew my personal choice was no way. And so, um, I, I went kind of the holistic route ish. Um, you know, I, I stopped taking any medication that I was taking from before and just started eating much cleaner. Uh, I was pretty much like raw vegan almost for, for a few years. And now I, I just eat a little bit more balanced and, and uh, kind of like blue zone. If some people don't know what the blue zone is, look them up. But it's kind of like almost like a Mediterranean diet, very a little some meat, you know, some veggies, some fruits, all mm-hmm. that stuff. And, um, and ever since then, you know, my stomach has been right as rain. Um, and, and just really been mindful about, you know, things that um come about during stress because i really believe that my cancer the number one thing that my cancer was brought on by was stress and you know i did all sorts of other things like i drank way too much alcohol before now i you know rarely drink alcohol maybe a few times a year uh if that and uh and just doing things not sleeping Um, you know, the, even the water I was drinking was just no bueno, you know? So there was a lot of changes Mm -hmm. that I ended up making that I really believe have led to, to my, uh, to my really good health over the last five years. But the, the, the one big thing was I also changed my, my mindset and the way I looked at things. I'm like, well, I, you know, even though I'm not going to blame my ex-wife for that relationship because I was 50% of it, but I was, I contributed by, allowing myself to be in that relationship to begin with now i was just as dramatic as she was but i didn't realize it right at the time <laughs> we're, we're getting yeah. into this victim mentality and now i'm just like no i was just as much as fault in that as she was it's just we weren't a good match and i needed to really work on myself and when i started working on my mindset i kind of stopped dating i, I didn't do all sorts of things for about three years And I just, I just put my head down and, and got to learn about myself. And and, because I hadn't done that. And at the end of the day, it was really, really good because I ended up clearing my mind enough to where I knew what a good relationship was versus a bad one for me. Now I can't speak for anybody Mm -hmm. else. We're all different. Right. But for me, Mm -hmm. and I, and I was able to just kind of Wean myself away from that lifestyle and, and live a much less stressful lifestyle. And one that was way more aligned with who I really was on the inside.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a a lot to dig into there and, you know, I can really relate to what you're talking about with stress and, you know, so many, so many of us face and kind of create like undue stress in our lives. Of course, when you're working in a law firm, it's a lot of it's probably unavoidable, And you're always in this constant fight or flight mode. And, uh, you know, you can just, there's a lot of research coming out now around cortisol, which yes, we need some cortisol, but if you're constantly in that state and your body's producing cortisol, um, that, that, that cannot be good for you. No. So, you know, kudos (laughs) to you for, for getting out of that situation. And, you know, I'm curious how, so you're going through all these changes, going through these mindset changes, relationship changes, um, you had a you know a very set career being a lawyer, working in a law
1: firm. Um, how did you pivot to crypto? How did you find crypto? So let, let me make one thing clear. I was not a lawyer. I managed law firms. I was the administrator of a law firm. But oh, gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah, but how did I get into crypto? So wh- I I got into crypto about a year before I was actually diagnosed with cancer, and you know, I was in the law, which is heavy left-leaning, let's say. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we were all about bigger government. We were all about more mm-hmm. regulation until I started dabbing, dabbling into crypto and seeing kind of the the tragedy of the fiat currency system. And when I started seeing like, wait, why is it that I have to put my money in a bank? Like, and and, and to keep it safe. And when I saw what crypto had to offer, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all sorts of other altcoins that, that I believe have value, I said, this is, this is a, the biggest Ponzi scheme of all time. And, and when I noticed that, and, and this is in 2017, 2018, I mm-hmm. said, I, I want to start teaching this. And, and I, I didn't leave the law quite at that moment. And so I started my business in, um, or it's earlier iteration, I should say of my business in January of 2018. And what ended up happening was, uh, that was the beginning of the bear market (laughs) in 2018. And so I, 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 but I wanted, I still wanted to show people how to custody their own crypto, uh, how to keep it out of exchanges, how to set up the right security so that you can't, you don't get hacked the right VPN so that you could transact in, in privacy, which is what I, th- I truly believe all of us should have uh, access to. And, um, and when I did that, you know, I really, really started to, to fall in love with crypto. Unfortunately, you know, in the middle or closer to the end of, of that year, 2018 is when I was diagnosed with cancer and I had a, and, and we were not making money in the, in the crypto market. So I said, okay, well, I probably need a pullback, you know, cause I want to reduce my stress and, and mm-hmm. get into where I am making money. And I said, I, I do want to come back to crypto inevitably. And so what ended up happening was as I was reducing my stress, I eventually said, you know, I, I got to unwind from the law. Like, this is not where my passion is. I'm not a lawyer, which, you know, lawyers, mm-hmm. they love telling you that you're not a lawyer and you're not as good as them when you're working for them. You know, they always yeah. have their foot on your neck. Uh, it's, and like so, working with,
0: it's like working with doctors or engineers, same thing.
1: That's yeah, they, they just, they want to <laughs> let you know that you're superior uh, or ins, insuperior to them. And so I said, I want to get out of this business and I want to really do what lights me up. And I didn't know what that was at that point in time. And so I kind of started unwinding, uh, from in these business because I was a very integral aspect to, to all of them. And it took me about a year and a half. And then I ended up going on kind of an eat, pray, love journey where, uh, I went to, um, Bali and I spent like 10 days out there. Six of the days I was just in pure silence. There was a silent retreat out there, which was really cool. And then after that, I ended up going to Russia And I I went to Russia because there was a, like a Russian shaman doctor that I wanted to go see because, you know, I still wasn't feeling quite myself. I I wanted to really get past the, the, the mindset stuff that, that takes time to really heal and and get through. And I'm like, man, if I keep my mindset in in this fight or flight, I'm going to die. You know, like the cancer will come back. And I read about countless stories about people that did this treatment, this treatment, they did all the right things, but then they ended up dying. And mm-hmm. the, the key thing that I saw was the mindset, right? The mindset, because then you make, you know, you change your mind, you change your, the decisions that you make, you change the habits that you make. And it's like this yep. cycle, right? And then all of a sudden you're like this new person that you never realized. And so when I went to Russia, that was kind of my aha moment. And the time that I went was March of 2020. So at the beginning of March of 2020, I went there and the world's about to like lock down, right? And I'm in a country where they really do not speak any other language besides theirs. And I had a decision to make. And that was, do I stay here? It was almost like red pill, blue pill, right? Do I stay here uncomfortable and really try to find what I want to do and like take the time to do that? Or do I take the blue pill and go back to my comfy mid six figure job that's, always somebody's going to have their neck on my on my or their foot on my neck and um and also not really enjoying what I was doing because I wasn't able to to be the the best that I could be and so I ended up deciding to stay in Russia and I had brought some crypto information with me at that time and about a couple of days after I decided to stay I opened this stuff up and I was like oh my gosh this market is about to literally erupt and I was right. And, and so I just, I mean, I, I remember that day I went from 12 p.m. At midday to 4 a.m. at night and I called my former partner and I said, dude, we have to start teaching crypto again. I don't care if I'm not making any money going forward. Uh, we, gotta, we gotta teach this stuff because right now is the beginning of the next bull market. And I was right. And we just kind of dropped everything and started doing that. I left the law firm as soon as I got back and uh, and just didn't turn back ever since then, and and been pretty successful uh, since, since that uh, time in my life. So
0: that, that's awesome, and I like the uh, the red pill, blue pill. So to, to stay <laughs> to stay in Russia during you know this unprecedented time when the world is locking down, uh, I'm, I'm curious, what was I mean, what was that time like with? Lockdowns in Russia? Did people? I mean, were people crazy, masked up like they were in the U.S.? Were were you allowed to leave your house and things like that? What was it like,
1: dude? It was so different. It was actually much more lenient, uh, which is which is such a trip. And you know, so many people are like, "Well, you know, Russia has its things." Don't get me wrong, right? My my wife is from Russia. We actually we became mm-hmm. friends during lockdown and, you know, thank God. Cause I wouldn't have been able to communicate with anybody over there, but um, we became friends while we were over there. And then we started eventually dating a few months after we became friends, but it was, um, it was a trip, man. I mean, you still could go out. All right. There, mm-hmm. You know, like they closed down their restaurants and stuff like everybody else. You did not need to wear a mask, which was amazing. Cause I, I, yeah. I did not have to wear a mask until I, got stepped foot in the United States for the first time, which was in sometime mid June of 2020. And I was like blown away. Like I thought they were kidding. I'm like, okay, come on, you guys like Russia is not even doing this shit. Like you guys are making us put on our masks, you know? And, uh, and they're like, I, 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 I literally thought I was going to get like shot walking through JFK <laughs> airport and they put on your mask. Like, I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like, and I didn't even know how to put on a mat. Like the first time I tried to put on yeah. the mask, I put it over my eyes, you know? And so yeah. it, it was um it was pretty gnarly. It was pretty gnarly here uh, when I got back. But in Russia, by the time I was leaving, they had opened it all up again. And, and so mm-hmm. I was like just getting used to that. But by the time I got back here, uh, or not back here, I live out of the States now, but back into the States, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, really, really oppressive. And so like, sometimes when people are like, well, Russia is communist and all this stuff. I'm like, wait a second. Like they got a 13% flat tax over there. They're very business friendly. They have all sorts of other things. And I'm not pro Russia because Russia has its things. Like you cannot say anything about Vladimir Putin over there. right? Right. But, but then again, you know, like you're not taxed to death over there. You actually have some opportunity to grow over there. Uh, you, there's, there's all the, you know, during lockdown, it wasn't like that. Uh, you know, it wasn't like in the United States. And so there was a lot of things that I was like, okay, there's things that I like about the United States. There's things that I liked about Russia. And then there's things that I didn't like about both. And I was like, I'm going to go to where I can kind of find both, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so that, that's kind of, um, the, that's that part of that story. So,
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's really interesting part of the story. Um, I mean, you obviously wouldn't expect, just like looking from the outside, that the U.S. would have more stringent lockdowns than Russia. But honestly, after living through the madness I saw in the U.S., it it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. But you know, I I got a couple, several different things I want to talk about. So I want to keep us on track here, talking about crypto mostly. So you talked about self custody. Why, in your opinion, is, is that so important? Why is it so important to get your money off of Coinbase and the exchanges?
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw this last year with the uh, the truckers in Canada, right? They mm-hmm. they were opposed to something that you know they they thought it was their personal choice, and they surrounded the capital. Um, and what ended up happening was, you know, Trudeau ended up declaring this, um, this protest as basically a terrorist act and why, uh, how he passed that is just blows my mind because I always thought like Canada was more of like a free, everybody was kind of like laid back and, and the government actually listened to their people and it couldn't be, couldn't have been further from the truth. And the way they got these people to stop doing it was they started cutting their bank accounts off. They started cutting their crypto accounts off. And so that wouldn't have happened if you self-custodied your crypto, right? And so for me, that's such an important thing because, you know, there's no mandate that states that the government has to have their hands on your money. There's, no, there's nowhere that it says like, oh, we need to have our tentacles in every single bit of, of your life, including your financial life. That's my property that I earned after I paid you taxes, which in my opinion are being horribly managed, you know? Mm -hmm. And so why should I give you access to my money if it's my money? And by the way, banks, why should you have access to my money to make money on my money when I can make money on my money? And so when I started figuring these things out back in early 2020, I really I mean, the pendulum swung to the other side for me. And I was like, this is a really big deal. Like prior to uh, uh, 2020, you know, we, yeah, okay. All right. We were a little bit more like, okay, well, that's not probably not going to happen. Maybe some of us thought that some of these things would happen. Like the government would really do this. But when that hammer came down, that's Mm -hmm. when I really started to say self-custody is a big freaking deal. And we cannot let go of our own sovereignty when it comes to our property and our money. And so that, that to me is why um, I, I'm a huge propo- proponent of self-custody. And I, I think that's something we need to fight till the end. I mean, that, there's, no, there's no negotiating on that, there's, in my opinion.
0: Now, now when, it, when it comes to self-custody, do you fall in like the... So there's, there's hot and cold wallets, right? Right. Did you, do you have like guidance on when each should be used?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I use essentially cold storage, I guess you could call it, you know, I'm mostly on like the Ethereum network and EVM compatible networks, which are networks that are built on top of Ethereum. Um, but a hundred percent of my crypto is on my hard wallets, you know, and I have okay. multiple different hard wallets, but I, I really believe that you should have it in in at least a hard wallet now, uh, you know, could that be considered cold storage? I believe so because the smart contracts that you may have, like be invested in a decentralized application, um, are in cold storage, right? And if you have, you know, a, a very solid smart contract, that's been, you know, very, very audited and never had any exploits. I really believe that that's, um, that's the best way to go because you want that money to be earning you money. Um, and, and so, uh, I, I would consider that somewhat cold storage. So that, that to me is you, you absolutely have to have your crypto in cold storage, uh, in my opinion.
0: So, so that, I mean, I, I guess the part with crypto that I have trouble with, um, you know, I, I own, I don't know, a few thousand dollars in, in Bitcoin and, and a bunch of other, um, you know, so different, uh, different coins as well, but, you know, someone. I'm I'm 40 years old. Some of my age, people younger than me. That, sure, it's not hard for us to to learn this technology and navigate and, and figure it out. But I think that like, the real hurdle with Bitcoin, um, I, I'll say, for the most part, people my age and younger are able to do it. There's still probably a large percentage that aren't able to or just don't have the desire to learn. Um, I think the hurdle with crypto and Bitcoin is, you know, you, you need to get more adoption. You, it needs to be easier, it needs to be more efficient. And, you know, these, these different hurdles in order for, for the, you know, less hurdles to, to, uh, transactability. Do you see that happening in, in the near term with, with crypto?
1: Yeah. So let, let's kind of like take a stroll down memory lane. So, you know, I, before I got into crypto and the law, I actually had a computer networking company And I was, Mm -hmm. I'm always on the bleeding edge of technology. So like we were setting up, um, wireless networks before wireless networks were even a thing. Like you literally had to go and buy a card that went into your laptop or into your computer. You had to, you had to literally build that wireless, you know, network in, you have to have certain routers set up like that connected Mm -hmm. to everything. Like it was, it was pretty wild, but things were very, uh, very hard, I mean, it was not easy. It was very slow. It was very clunky. And so we, we're we kind of starting to phase out of that with crypto. And the cool thing is every single time that there is a uh, bear market, which is, you know, some would say that we're still in one. I actually think we're in a uh, in a, uh, a bull market right now since January of this year. But um, every single time we get into the bear market- You think markets-
0: we're in the early, early stages? I don't, I don't want to divert. You think we're in the early stages of a bull market?
1: One hundred percent. One hundred
0: percent. We'll but, table that. We'll talk about that more later. All right, continue. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so here's the thing. At the at the end of the day, um, tech takes time to advance, and blockchain mm-hmm. is actually um, blockchain is actually uh, a technology that is moving faster in adoption, even faster than the internet. Okay. And so you have to understand that when you look at it from that lens yeah it is clunky it's super hard to use it's not user friendly but it's worlds better than when i first got in in 2017 and now mm-hmm. it's even worlds better than when i started reteaching it in 2020 i mean i will take if i were to take a look at some of the things i was doing in 2020 i would get confused and i probably wouldn't even be able to figure it out now <laughs> you know but it's it's getting much much easier. And there's a lot of decentralized applications that are allowing us to, um, to really custody safely, um, and, and not have to go through all these seed phrases and all this stuff. And I I really believe that this is kind of like DeFi 2.0 coming out. Um, Hmm. so be paying attention because just because it was hard, doesn't mean that People are building better mousetraps every day, and they are. I mean, like I said, the things that I'm doing now are worlds easier than in 2020, and it's just going to get better and better with the escalation of AI uh, and us understanding this technology much better.
0: Yeah, A- AI is is the wild card here, and it's it's crazy. Just sort of like an, an- anecdotal story on AI. Um, you know, I've had this podcast for for years. I've been podcasting for like seven or eight years. And like the pain with podcasting is like, this stuff is easy. Doing interviews, having conversations. I love this part of it. Like, this is the easiest part. It's the production and the video and then making promo videos and all of that. Well, I mean, I, a lot of time I, I just wouldn't do it. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, make, you know, reels or clips to to, you know, advertise and promote, which you don't grow your podcast then. Um, right, right. Or recently, I've started doing it, and then you, you you had to pay you know a couple hundred bucks to to get it done for a few episodes. Now there's AI out there that you put in the YouTube link or the Rumble link, and in ten minutes you got twenty reels that look yeah. great. I mean it's it's just ridiculous yeah. how, how fast things are moving. Yeah, but and yeah, and think about think about that impact
1: in a space like crypto. I mean it's it's really mind blowing. It really is. It really is. And, you know, I'm using AI every single day, you know, not just for marketing in our company, because that's, I do use it a lot for that, but for presentations, for research, for uh, Mm -hmm. data analytics, for breaking down, coming up with formulas on different like trading strategies that I have, like, there's all sorts of things that AI is, is really helping us and And I think it's, it's for the better, you know, a lot of people are doom and gloom about it. I think, AI is going to be something really, really good for the progress of humanity, in my opinion. Uh, and but I'm a little bit of an optimist at that at times, so I'm I'm hoping yeah. for the best. I'm hoping for the best. Well, I think
0: I think it's like anything else; it could be used for evil. I mean, m- much like any other you know invention or uh, you know industry that that's grown up. But uh, but but yeah, I'm, I I have to be an optimist. You know, I yeah. mean, I I don't see any other way than you know, being an optimist in order to, to navigate this, uh, this crazy world that we're in, um, before I get to talking about the bull market, I did want to just kind of drill down a little bit on like your view of crypto, not just as, you know, being used to build wealth and make money, but as a way to really, uh, you know, navigate and claim your own financial freedom. So you're kind of able to escape this, this, uh, you know, corporate matrix that has so many people wrapped up in it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, going, going back to what I was saying earlier, where, you know, I, I really do have self custody of my own money. Right. And let's say for instance, you know, I, um, right now I'm living in Panama, um, and I don't like what Panama is doing for whatever reason, you know, Mm um, I can, Pick up my hard wallets uh, or even memorize my keys, right? And then just jam to the next country that suits my needs. And most countries, I'm able to just wire them uh my crypto into that bank account, or I actually have a debit card that is linked to my crypto wallets. And so um there's there's really no need for a bank. And banks will tell you differently, obviously, because they've got, you know, the interest of self-preservation, but at the end of the day, um, the technology is advancing to where you can be a a global citizen, you know, uh, very, very easily and, and don't have to necessarily um, use uh, their banking system in order to, in order to survive, you know, like uh, almost all of our employees, we pay in crypto. You know now, and mm-hmm. it's they, they prefer it. They they'd rather have crypto than like you know. Okay, well let's put it in your bank account. They're gonna they're gonna use it to invest anyways. The majority of it, you know, because of the things that we teach, and it's just a much simpler system. And I think once people start to realize that, they're gonna go okay, yeah. I I and 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 the technology gets a little less wild, wild west because I'm not stupid either. I, there is aspects of it where it's like you know, you do have to take an abundance of, of security to make sure that, you know, you don't get hacked or scammed or whatever, um, which, you know, is yeah. one of the things that we really, we teach in our first class, uh, day one. But at the end of the day, once you really understand that, the technology is far superior to any bank's technology. Um, and the clearing is much quicker. And the best part about it is, Like you get to make money on your own money. You don't have to give it to the bank, and then they invest it, and then they lend it back to you in the form of a house payment, or a car payment, or a credit card. You know, Uh, so that that to me is is really um, the the best part about all of this, and and that free that freedom and ability to just be go anywhere if I really wanted to.
0: Yeah. Well, we're talking about crypto and we're talking about banking, so we have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the CBDC, central bank digital currency. Which uh, you know, there's wheels in motion in the U.S. for uh, for CBDC. I, I don't know, you know, what's happening in other parts of the world, like in Panama or in other South American countries. I, I know that I think Europe is maybe a little bit ahead ahead of where um, the U.S. is with the CBDC, but. What, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think it's inevitable? And, uh, you know, and then what can we do to protect ourselves once it, once it does roll out?
1: Yeah. So, you know, a CBDC is like putting lipstick on a pig and calling it your girlfriend. All right. Um, literally what are they doing? Anything different there? Are they going to back it by anything to prevent inflation from occurring? Uh, no, they're going to be able to still print an abundance of CBDCs at their will. The only difference is now, instead of having your money in a relationship with the bank and then the government having a cozy relationship with your bank, the government now has a cozy relationship with you directly. And so yep, let's right. say, for instance, John, you say something that, you know, the government doesn't like, and it could be left wing, right wing. To me, it's the same mm-hmm. bird, Right um and they you say something against either party you're opposed with uh to and with a strike of a button they can cancel you and that to me is not cool and so a lot of people need to realize that this is uh, a venus flytrap uh cbdcs this is not to make uh the value of money move swifter or more effective they already basically have that with the, I mean, how many people actually have cash nowadays? Barely anybody. We all use yeah, debit never. cards, you know, it, it all sits in a bank account. And so um, we have a digital currency already, which which perceives the illusion of clearing very quickly, uh, at least for us. But at the end of the day, all that stuff, who cares about how fast it clears? Who cares about that? to me is what real intrinsic value does it have? And can you print it into oblivion? uh, Just like every civilization since fiat currency has been in existence has done, you know, going Mm -hmm. all the way back to the first fiat currency of ancient China. They did the exact same thing. Take a look at Rome, take a look at the Byzantine empire, take a look at, you know, France, England. We do it over and over and over and over again. Like we are addicts, right? In terms of the human species, I should say. So what am I doing? You know, right now, luckily, they're not talking about banning crypto. Um, You know, here in Panama, the cool thing is they don't have a central bank. So they don't have kind of that level. Yeah, they don't. They don't have that level of power over their citizens. Um, But... Uh, I, and, and that's one of the reasons why I like being here. Uh, but I, in my opinion, um, yeah, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna put out these CBDCs and people are gonna go. And especially what guys like you and me that are out preaching this stuff going like, do you really want to lose privacy in your finances? Do you really, you know, like last year they said, anytime you spend more than $600, you now have to report that to the United States government. What kind of BS is that? Does Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi have to report her stock trades uh, every time she does it? No, there's total insider trading going in with the Senate, with the congressmen and women, with probably even the president. We've seen a lot of those things going on. So why is it that you guys want to have your foot on our neck, just like I had when I was you know, in the law? Why is it that you guys have to have your foot on our neck, but we want just some level of autonomy and- and now you want even more control over us. I think people are going to get pretty pissed about it. Uh, and especially once you start to see the first uh, people getting canceled, that's when you're going to see some real revolt. Uh, but let's hope that it doesn't get to that point. I'm hopeful that, you know, the pendulum in the United States will start to swing a little more to the right. Um, and again, I'm not right wing, left wing. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm a libertarian. I believe in like myself, sovereignty. I am a Mm -hmm. big boy. I can take care of myself and I don't need a CBDC to monitor every single thing that I'm doing. No, thank you. You know, you can keep that. Mm. So I'm stacking more and more crypto, uh, not stable coins, which are cryptos that are backed one-to-one by the dollar, but Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, cryptos that they cannot cancel. Uh, there are some decentralized stable coins, And some coins that are called flat coins, which I think that um, they keep up with inflation, which I I think is a really good idea. And maybe if the government came up with something like that, but they're too stupid to do it. These guys, they they just, it's full of bureaucracy. I was just in DC. I did a a live television show this year in DC. uh, And they said, oh, come in and talk to us. And we want to hear more about your ideas about, and I'm like, no, you don't. You guys are going to argue this and mm. then you're going to shut it down because none of you guys can agree on anything what's good for me or any of your constituents. So anyways, uh, CBDCs, dud, dud. And we got to fight against it. We got to fight against it.
0: Yeah. It, there's too many PhDs involved in those you uh, know, those rooms in Washington trying to <laughs> trying to come up with this. They, they trip over themselves. They do. No offense to any listeners out there who have a PhD. It's not a personal No, no, tale. no.
1: But – You know, we need some practical people who don't have an, a financial interest in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that they cannot be, uh, funded by lobbyists. I think we really need to do away with lobbyists. Um, and we just need to do what's best for our country. Man, at one point in time, we used to do that back in the fifties and sixties. Now, I mean, I, I would argue since probably the early seventies, since we came off the gold standard. It's corporate interest, corporate interest, co- what's best for corporate? And we see that by the deviation of how much people make and how much inflation has gone up. Yeah. So,
0: you know, you, you've, you've been in Panama. I don't know last time you've been in the US, but um, inflation here is ridiculous. The stuff that they're reporting that it's only been like, you know, it's saying like 8% year over year or something like that. that that's that's insanity. Um, it's it's mostly everything in the grocery store is doubled in price in the past, uh, past two years. And it's not coming back down, No, but that's, that's just the reality of it. Um, I do want to ask you lastly about the bull market, but maybe this next question will be tied into that, but I just want to get your opinion on what BlackRock is doing and other of these investment banks with, uh, Bitcoin, um, ETFs.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about BlackRock because that kind of spins into my Mm -hmm. thesis of the bull market. So, I, BlackRock is one of these big corporate interests that I think is the co conspirator of this deviation of inflation versus our wages, right? Um, you know, they're all about making more and more money. Now, with that being said, uh, you know, Larry Fink uh, could be a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, but he has been going around touring uh, the United States like Taylor Swift about uh, decentralized blockchains and how he really thinks that tokenization is going to change the world. Now, um, is it good that BlackRock is going to come in and buy a whole bunch of spot Bitcoin and and hoard it? Uh, Probably in the long run, no. But is that going to mean that our bags are going to pump for people who are holding on to Bitcoin? 100%. I mean, if you take a look at how much BlackRock Uh, has in assets under management, you know, some people say it's anywhere between seven and eight trillion dollars. That means if they had if that was GDP, compared to like other countries, BlackRock Mm -hmm. would be the third largest country in the world right behind the United States and then China. So if you had the third largest country in the world, stating, hey, we're going to start investing in Bitcoin. Do you think that that's going to have a huge effect on the crypto markets? 100%. If you have the president of that third largest country going around touring their country like a rock star, talking about how they're going to tokenize everything, you know, you one better 100% believe that crypto is about to really, really take off. And you know, like I said earlier, I believe that we've started to to experience a bull market starting January of 2023 this year. Um, and you can clearly see it on the charts where it broke resistance, uh, Bitcoin broke resistance at that time. And it's moved nothing but up into the right, uh, since then, Mm -hmm. I mean, we, obviously we've had some chop in between, but it just keeps breaking more and more resistance as it, as it keeps going up. And so, um, I, I think we're now in the beginnings of a bear market. Uh, if you take a look at the charts, obviously, I mean, we're up over a hundred percent since last year, this time. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that these things, like with BlackRock, uh, Fidelity coming in, Charles Schwab, uh, all of these major, J.P. Morgan Chase, these major corporations, institutions jumping on the bandwagon, we are definitely headed into probably one of the biggest bull runs that we've ever seen in the crypto sphere, and there's, things are going to get really interesting, really interesting for those that are invested right now.
0: So now is the time to buy. Is uh, is basically what you're saying? And, and maybe, yeah, maybe I mean, now I is the time to, you. uh,
1: Don't, we... oh, oh, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, John. Sorry. What was that?
0: I was going to say, maybe now is the time to, you know, um, get an education from, uh, our crypto as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what we teach. Cause a lot of people, what they do is they come into crypto looking for the next Bitcoin, you know, or the next Ethereum or the next whatever, where they're going to get an, a million X return. And that's just not reasonable. Right. So what I always say Mm -hmm. is, you know, come in slowly. If you're not in the crypto market, ramp into it right now is definitely a much better time to buy than like November of 2021. Right. Or October of 2021, which is basically the end of the last uh, the last bull market. But I definitely would say slow, slow mo, don't FOMO, like come in slowly, learn this technology, because there's a lot of things that you can do wrong and 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 make a lot of mistakes and you know and if and if i could throw one last thing in it would be educate yourself so be it if you want to go down youtube university you can do that if you want to come to companies like ours that have taught you know over 1400 students come on over cuz we really do want to teach you uh this new technology and that is our goal overall which is mass adoption helping people become their own sovereign banks so that they don't have to rely on any government in order to make sure that their investments are outpacing inflation,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, these are uh, these are exciting times. They're crazy times, but in times of craziness, there's tremendous opportunity. I, I really do there believe is. that. Um, if you could just give your your links and your plugs for your upcoming book, the Prosperity Blueprint Blueprint for Art Crypto, and for anything else that you got.
1: Yeah, so um, you can reach me on basically TikTok, uh, Instagram, and YouTube. Those are uh, essentially the three main ones that I'm on, uh, and it's the same handle on all of those. At my first name Gavin, last name Sariel. Dot uh, arc. and uh, and there's all all three of those platforms. I'm putting out multiple different types of information and knowledge for people to understand this stuff on a deeper level. Um and yeah I mean you can also go to our website which is arcrypto.io uh and that also will will allow you to to see what what we do and and how we've taught some of our students and some testimonials on there as well so
0: All right Givan Sario thank you so much for coming on the show man this was an awesome conversation and I know my audience got a lot out of it
1: Awesome thank you John
0: all right, that concludes my interview with Gavin Sario. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I want you to go and uh, and check out um, his uh, his links. Check out our crypto, check out the book. I'll put everything on the show notes page at lionsofliberty.com. I um, just want to remind you again, if you like this, if you like this content, be sure that you are subscribed, subscribe on YouTube. And also if you do subscribe on YouTube, be sure to hit that bell at the top because we have like 6,000 subscribers we should be getting more watches because we're, uh, we're shadow banned. Um, if you don't like YouTube, we're on Rumble as well. So check that out. That's all I got for today. I will see everyone next week. In the meantime, always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning.